Hello, and welcome to the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. I am your host, student Dr. Tosin Chaudhry. Today we are joined by Dr. Jeremy Jacobs. Dr. Jacobs is the program director of the Rehabilitation Medicine Residency Program at Memorial Healthcare System in Hollywood, Florida. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Jacobs. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So, Dr. Jacobs, we'd like to start off by just having our listeners hear about what brought our guests to PM&R. So, if you don't mind, uh, could you start by telling our listeners uh, what brought you to this great question? Well, uh, when I was in uh, undergrad, I started off with an interest in the biomedical sciences. Um, I had always enjoyed teaching, and uh, I'd enjoyed the anatomy that I had learned in high school and college. So I thought initially that I might get into physical therapy. And when I was an undergrad, I was volunteering with the sports medicine athletic training program uh, as a as kind of a go-to to get into physical therapy. And the more I worked with these uh, specialties and people, the more I kind of felt that I, I wanted to provide a little bit more for the people that I wanted to take care of. And I ended up meeting um, some really great physicians that mentored me and pushed me into the uh, profession. So in medical school, uh, I, w- I figured, you know, I'll continue with this kind of uh, physical medicine type world. So I think like many students, I started off in orthopedic surgery and really loved orthopedics but did not love the operating room. Uh, and from there, I moved on, found about primary care, still had not heard about physical medicine and rehab and thought maybe primary care with a sports fellowship was the way to go. And then finally, one of my best friends still to this day who was going into orthopedic surgery uh, was on a rotation as a student and said, uh, Jeremy, I finally found your specialty. I'm rotating in orthopedics, and I just met a couple of physical medicine and rehab residents. You've got to look at this specialty. It's going to be perfect for you. So luckily, um, I looked at it, did some research, got on the Internet, um, you know, read a little bit about what the specialists do, and the rest is history, and I was lucky enough to get down to uh, University of Miami for my residency, and I've been here at Memorial ever since. Awesome. So uh, just out of curiosity, when you were picking between PM&R and, and primary care uh, sports medicine, why did you decide to go with the PM&R route? Well, I really thought that it was a – I think it just gave me a more focused training program I did not feel that there would be any significant benefit for me to do the either internal medicine or primary care because you spend so much time doing the specialties, the cardiology, the OBGYN, you know, pap smears and um, pediatrics and all those things that I just didn't think was going to be necessary for what I wanted to do. Um, and when I finally found that, that PM&R really focused on the, the neurologic, the musculoskeletal, um, the psychiatric and the, and the real true physical uh, aspects and limitations, um, it pretty much is a no-brainer. Um, there's always a little bit of risk when you choose. Nobody knows 100% if they're doing the right thing or not, um, but it all stacked up, and I'll tell you, luckily for me, I absolutely love what I do. Awesome. So um, at what point in your career that you, did you decide that you want to become a program director, and what's important about you being in this role? Um, so that's a good question, and I can't tell you that there was ever a time where I knew that I wanted to be, but I will say that I was voted to be a, uh, I was voted to be a dean of a medical school when I was in medical school. I was involved in student government, and I was the vice president of my medical school when I was a junior, or a MS, OMS3. Um, and then when I was a resident, I was voted to be a program, uh, the program director, uh, and I had no really thoughts about it. 
And I thought, huh, that's kind of funny. They voted me to be a program director. Now, again, I go back to my early days in education when I was in college um, and even even high school. Uh, I always knew I wanted to teach. Um, I enjoyed the teaching aspect. I enjoyed the relationship that teachers and professors uh, had with their students. Um, I enjoyed the the learning process and the fact that, you know, you can really leave a lasting mark on people um, by just teaching them something. As a student, sometimes you kind of feel like you're just being uh, judged and evaluated and it's just pass the test and move on. But I really think that um, that educators kind of, you know, get something out of that. So as soon as I started here at the Memorial Rehab Institute, I reached out to some of our local universities. I started getting medical students to rotate through here. Um, at that point, we had residents from other specialties rotating through, both podiatry and neurology. Um, and I really, really just enjoyed it. Um, and then when we, as a practice, decided that we wanted to get into uh, graduate medical education and teaching residents, um, I, again, I was early in my career. I think I might have been two years out at that point. And my medical director came to me and said, hey, you know, I really think that, you know, given your interest and your enthusiasm, that you would be a great associate program director. And I said, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for that, you know, et cetera. And he said, you know what, I really believe in you. You got to do it. And so I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I was directing medical student education. I was uh, involved in designing this residency program from the ground up. Um, I sat in uh, graduate medical education committee meetings with the CEO of the hospital and, and all the other administrators. And I don't know, it's just every single meeting and every day and every new milestone just really, um, I think, just made me think that we were really making a difference in people's lives. And uh, then the opportunity came. Um, to be the program director and, and my DIO, which is the basically the one who oversees all graduate medical education in our hospital, uh, just came to me and asked, and she said, uh, I think that you need to be the program director. I know that you got a lot going on and, and, and you're busy, but I think that you would be just absolutely great at this position and, uh, and you should go for it. And I said, you know, um, if someone that high up really believes in me and, um, and my medical director believes in me and, and I really enjoy it, I'm going to try it. and Again, it's been one of these experiences that every single day, uh, it's rewarding. Every day I go home and think that, you know, we're really trying to help medical students. We're helping residents. We're, we're guiding people through their, uh, professional path. And, and I just find it to be one of these extremely rewarding things. Awesome. That's great. I think one of the best things about, um, talking to program directors has been the fact that you guys are so invested in med students and residents education. So it's always great to hear when, program directors are passionate about education. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that when when you get into a role like this, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that need to be done outside of taking care of patients and outside of just talking to residents to educate them. Um and I think we all go back to to experiences that we had throughout medical school and throughout uh residency, certain days or certain times or certain rotations that we just look and say, you know, that really improved my medical knowledge or that really changed the way that I thought about things or, you know, it really, really kind of molded me into what I am today. And when we uh, when we go to sleep at night, we think about, you know, maybe one day someone will say that about us and, and it really is what kind of keeps us going. So we, you know, we find it to be more rewarding and I, I, would, I really do think more rewarding than even patient care, which is something I absolutely love. Awesome. So um, in your opinion, what are the other strengths of a more healthcare PMR residency? Well, we definitely have a very diverse 
um, and comprehensive patient population. Um, we've got 89 beds in our acute inpatient rehab hospital with everything from spinal cord injuries, uh, strokes, orthopedic uh, patients, amputations, um, and we actually have a specialized medically complex unit. Uh, we were one of the first in the country to open a rehab telemetry floor, and we take patients uh, with transplants, heart transplants, LVADs, and everything in between. Um, and I think that inpatient resource, that inpatient experience, is really going to be second to none. <clears throat> Our PGY2s started this year on the floor, and they have been, um, they've been just outstanding. And I think that, you know, talking to some of their colleagues, I think they really understand that they're, they're getting a great experience. They're seeing patients that are sicker than most places. And what that does is, is it really sets you up for success in the future. Some of the other things that I really value about down here are just the fact that our faculty are more than just people who are coming to work for paychecks. We work in a public health care institution here at Memorial. That means we take care of patients regardless of their ability to pay. And that really is one of our core values when it comes to our overall practice. And it's a great thing for residents, which means that you don't have to have some great insurance or some great referral source to be taken care of here. If you've got a need, if you've got a functional deficit, we're going to do our best to help you, you know, without you having to prove that you either, one, can afford it or two, deserve it. Um, and three is just the, the system itself is such a inviting and friendly place to be. Um, this is a, a system where everyone is valued from the physician to the administrator to the person who is cleaning the floors to the person who's making sure the air conditioner works um, to the person who's checking people into the hospital to make sure that everyone is safe. There is nobody that this hospital system can run without and no one here is considered a higher, um, you know, employee or anything than anyone else. You know, it, it requires a, a village to run this place. And that kind of an atmosphere really fosters respect for people and for human beings. Um, and when you're going to work every day and you respect everyone that you're with and you appreciate the help that they're giving you, it's one of these things where you just like coming in. I mean, even our residents, you know, residency can be tough. It's, it's a lot of learning. It's can be, it can be difficult, but They'll tell you they like coming in. They People say good morning every day. The residents are treated as equal humans as well. Um, the nurses and the therapists love communicating with them. And when you're in a place like that every single day, you know, and patients are telling you thank you for helping them, you know, I don't know, I don't know many more things that can, um, that can be better than that. And then my final thing that I, that I think that we have, and while we may not be the only program in the country that doesn't have it, is, uh, you know, it doesn't snow and it doesn't uh, freeze down here in South Florida, so that ain't bad either. So it sounds like in addition to the great weather, your residents are going to come out as caring and competent doctors. Absolutely. That's the goal. We want to give them every uh, experience to make sure that they are well-rounded, that they're able to complete this residency program and work in any setting, whether it may be private practice, academics, universities or community hospitals and we want them to be good people because if you're going to work every day and every decision that you make is for the better of that patient is to make sure that it is patient and family centric you're going to do your best you're going to do very well you're going to sleep great at night and you're going to always know that uh, that no matter what you tried and you did your best and that and that i'm telling you that goes farther than most people can realize that's great so I would say that PM&R has changed a lot over the years and will continue to change. Uh, what changes do you see coming to the field of physiatry 
and how do you see your program responding to those changes? So, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um, medicine in general is just undergoing rapid uh, evolution, and uh, a lot of that is technology-based, which really benefits the field of physical medicine and rehab. Um, and then uh, and then another part of the growth and change, I think, is um, in the world of oncology. So I'll start with the first. Um, I think technology is going to be PM&R's uh, greatest asset. And if we already look into that, I, I run our um, orthopedic trauma and limb loss inpatient unit and our outpatient prosthetics uh, outpatient floor or um, practice. And just in the time that I was a resident until now, the technology that my amputees are able to use is unbelievable. Our microprocessor knees and microprocessor ankles, based on computer algorithms, it's improved their gait and their function. Um, when you look at some of the ultrasound guidance techniques, some of our radio frequency ablation, the technology that's being added to this uh, field in, in the world of functional medicine is unbelievable. It's extremely exciting. It's going to be great for our patients. And as long as we continue to stay on the forefront of that, we're going to absolutely benefit from it. Um, and even if you want to go farther and outside of prosthetics and talk about patients with spinal cord injury um, and the uh, exoskeletons and things like that, once we really get these things dialed in, we're going to, uh, we're going to have significant patient uh, use and they're going to be less expensive, they're going to be more utilized, and patient's function is going to be significantly improved. And so when it comes down to some of these functional deficits, what we're able to supply and give these patients to improve their quality of life is going to be great. It's no longer the days where we have to custom fabricate a, a thermoplastic splint with rubber bands and paper clips. You know, we really have the ability to make um, 3D printed uh, braces and splints and things like that. We have um, functional orthosis that we're able to customize to patients, which is exciting. And, and these are the things, you know, myoelectric hands and my upper extremity prosthesis. Um, we're actually now doing um, work with uh, targeted muscle reinnervation. And if you've never heard of that, I suggest you go and check it out. Um, these are surgeries that are going to provide patients with upper extremity amputations significant improvement in their function and their, the way that they're able to think about moving their hand and arm, which is just so exciting. And the other thing, like I said, I think, I think cancer, I think the rehab world is finally waking up to um, this idea of cancer survivorship and the functional limitations that are placed on patients who, who are treated for cancers. And whether that may be um, radiation uh, fibrosis or lymph, lymphadenopathy or a weakness or hemiplegia or brachioplexopathy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who are the, who are the doctors who are taking care of these patients? Um, and it really is the PM&R doctors who are, one, doing EMGs to diagnose, two, doing Botox to relieve spastic muscles, and three, figuring out assistive, assistive devices to help with function, pain management, and quality of life. And so now, as you look around the country, you're starting to see these cancer fellowships explode. I think they've doubled in the past few years. Um, we, we as physiatrists are, are need to be at the forefront of improving quality of life after cancer survivorship. So the Memorial Rehab Institute is um, fully committed. We're actually currently trying to hire a fellowship-trained cancer rehab doc to start building our program. Um, we continue to grow based on our patient needs and our current population. Um, but we've got a big cancer center here that, that, um, that, uh, that works with Moffitt Cancer Center based out of Tampa. Um, with bone marrow transplant, both solid tumors, very, very busy breast cancer practice. 
and we're hoping to hire a great um, medical-based uh, cancer rehab doc to take that practice to the next level. So we're really pumped about it. We need we got a lot of patients to take care of, and I really think that those are two major things that rehab should focus on to to get this to the next level. It's very exciting to hear. TMNR is kind of responding to that need. Uh, absolutely, and you know, I, I've I've heard from several oncologists they were they were a little disappointed that it took us this long to get there. But, uh, you know, every specialty and every group has to find its identity, and I just kind of think that one of the main identities of PM&R in the future really is going to be dealing with that. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to find someone special to join our practice to build something and then continue to take care of patients. It sounds like PM&Rs are becoming more and more important with medicine and patients living longer lives. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, patients are surviving things that they would not have otherwise survived 10, 20, 30 years ago. We're doing more heart transplants. I mean, our hospital system alone has done 50 heart transplants now. We're doing liver transplants. We're doing kidney transplants. We're, these patients were on dialysis and dying before, uh, whereas now um, we're able to replace organs, and then, uh, you know, they're debilitated. They have issues afterwards, and uh, we have a huge uh, role to play in all that. That's awesome. Um, we love hearing people on the podcast who are incredibly passionate about this, and you are clearly very passionate about this. Um, so... This podcast is mostly geared towards medical students. Uh, do you have any parting words of wisdom for medical students, uh, either third-year or fourth-year medical students who are listening to this now? Um. Well, I think uh, as a, as a third- and fourth-year medical student, obviously uh, students in their fourth year right now are very, very busy. They're out interviewing. We are interviewing as well, um, all of the students that come through. Um, I think the idea is to... Uh, to just get a get a very good, well-rounded education when you're in medical school. You never know which of these rotations or attendings or which of the ideas that you're going to need in the future. Really invest yourself in what you're doing and always remember to stay positive. Um, there can be very difficult days in all of our lives, whether you're, in a, you're a student and you're working a long shift in surgery and then you've got to go and do some studying for a shelf exam. Um, or you're a resident and you're taking care of a sick patient and you're stuck a little later than you would like, you know, you always got to focus on the positive. you got to remember that we're taking care of human beings. Um, we are very, very lucky to, to be well enough and to be able to, uh, to do that, and that the fact that these patients and their families trust us to do that. And uh, we want to make sure that all of our medical students and our physicians, residents, and attending physicians are well, both emotionally, physically, and medically. Um, you know, in order to be a doctor for 30 years, you've got to be, you know, sleeping at night. You've got to be exercising. You've got to be happy. You can't be a good doctor and, and be miserable or exhausted. So we got to find ways to really, um, you know, get on top of this, uh, this physician wellness and, and well-being uh, topic. And I just find it it starts in medical school. It starts in being there for the right reasons. It starts about just thinking about all the great things that you're doing every day. And, uh, and really just kind of um, reflecting on it. So, you know, here at the Memorial Rehab Institute, we believe in wellness. We believe in, in health and, and the well-being of everyone that we're with, including our staff. And, uh, you know, to make to live a long life and to be very successful, you just you got to be that. So be happy, be well, enjoy, and uh, we'd be happy to help anyone out if they ever need anything down here. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Jacobs. Absolutely. If you need anything, check out our website, get my information. Our program coordinator, Enola, she's amazing. Uh, and we're here to uh, 
you know, really to try to take uh, rehab to the next level and teach some residents how to uh, to be great physiatrists and spread the word. So if you guys need anything, like I said, feel free to let us know anytime. You heard it, listeners. Spread the word. So thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. This is your host, Dr. Tassin Chadron. You have just listened to an episode of the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. Take care and have a great day. Thank you.